Yet another Republican member of the House of Representatives has now come out and said that there is currently no evidence at all to suggest that President Biden has done anything worthy of impeachment, even though, of course, his Republican colleagues are pushing forward with this idiotic impeachment inquiry, the first hearing of which, by the way, is going to take place on September 28th of this week, which is Thursday. So we're moving forward with an impeachment inquiry and the party doing the impeachment inquiry is already telling us like, yeah, we got nothing. The most recent one, of course, is Republican uh, representative Mike Lawler, who had this to say during a recent appearance on Morning Joe. Look, these investigations obviously started earlier this year in oversight and judiciary, and they're continuing. As I have said repeatedly, we are not there yet with impeachment. This is a very high bar. It should not be political. It should not be tit for tat. Then, and the facts and the evidence will determine what, if any steps are taken after this. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, a lot of this is semantics. It's a continuation of the investigation. The ultimate question is whether or not the facts or evidence would bear out that Joe Biden somehow financially benefited from his son's deals with Russian oligarchs and Ukrainian oligarchs, Iranian business folks, and the Chinese. If that's the case, the facts and evidence will show that. And if not, I don't see how you get anywhere near impeachment. Um, I will tell you this, Mike Lawler, that is a very, very powerful statement that literally tells us nothing because you're like, no, we totally don't have it and we're not there yet, but let's see where it goes. And if it goes nowhere, then, you know, we're going to not go anywhere, but if it goes somewhere, we're totally going somewhere, but it may not. And we don't know. And it could, but it may not, but it hasn't so far. What, what, are, what are you saying? <laughs> like, you literally admitted you don't got it. We've had eight months of investigations, eight and a half months at this point, and you don't got it. You guys are like, well, we got to get our hands on the banking records. You, you've had the banking records. Hell, y'all have even had President Biden's emails from when he was vice president. That was actually revealed at the end of last week. James Comer's had the emails and hasn't found anything. So what the hell are y'all doing besides wasting everybody's time? And again, Lawler clearly states they don't have the evidence, but he's trying to wishy-washy himself, trying to play both sides. Like, I mean, there's probably nothing there, but there could be something there. And if there's something there, we're going to go there. But if not, we're not going there, right? Like, hey, we're just asking questions, right, Lawler? Isn't that what you're really trying to say? Like, we're just asking questions. No, y'all been asking questions for eight months and haven't come up with anything. There is no doubt in anyone's mind that this impeachment inquiry is a political stunt by the Republican party. Are the only people who doubt that of course are the Republican party themselves, the voters out there that y'all have brainwashed, but even y'all don't buy into it. You guys know this isn't going to do anything. Matt Gates has admitted this is only about tarnishing Biden's image with the American voters. A Marjorie Taylor Greene has pretty much made it clear that this is retribution for what happened to Donald Trump. Do I need to go on or do you have a clear enough picture of what the hell is really going on right now? Now, I will also say, by the way, I'm in the same camp. If there's something there, go there. But I'm not going to be like, we need to launch this fishing expedition to find it. That's idiotic. Y'all already went fishing and you didn't catch anything. And all the people you called to give you all the dirt were like, hey, by the way, Biden wasn't involved in any of this. Like your own star witnesses have literally told you that that man in the White House wasn't a part of any of it. 
So you're going fishing again. We've already told you there's no fish in the pond, but you're like, ah, I'm going to cast out one more time, right? Because you never know what's lurking beneath, except for the fact that we've already dragged the pond and there's nothing there. During an interview at the end of last week, Marjorie Taylor Greene announced that she is drafting a resolution of war against Mexico. Well, specifically kind of the Mexican drug cartels, even though that is more of an abstract concept and the United States constitution doesn't allow for a declaration of war against a concept. You know, you you actually have to have a real defined with borders enemy uh, in order to declare war. But Marjorie Taylor Greene says to hell with it. We're bombing Mexico, baby. Here's what she told Charlie Kirk. There has been over 10,000 people invade Eagle Pass in the last 24 hours. This is unprecedented. Our country is under attack. And who's leading the attack, Charlie? Is the Mexican cartels. And so I'm announcing on your show that I would like to get Washington to realize who our real enemy is to the American people. And that is the Mexican cartels, not the Mexican government, not the Mexican people. So I'm currently drafting a declaration of war against the Mexican cartels. You just admitted it's the people coming across the border. Like you can't say this is about the cartels. When you start your statement with, we just had 10,000 people come across the border. We got to bomb the shit out of Mexico. This isn't about the cartels at all. Like, I hope everybody realizes this. The reason Marjorie Taylor Greene and so many other Republicans are wanting to go and bomb Mexico is not because of the drug cartels. It's not because of the drugs coming into the United States, which by the way, is also not a capital offense. So killing these people for bringing drugs in is, is way, way not okay. But they want to bomb Mexico to send a message to the people in Mexico and other Central and South America countries that this is what we'll do. We will terrify you. We will claim that you were a cartel member, which will give us carte blanche to just shoot you. And if you think I'm making that up, how about a recent interview that Ron DeSantis gave to ABC news last week where Ron DeSantis said that his policy will be to shoot the cartel members al- along our Southern border. He was asked by the host. She said, well, well how are you going to tell who's a cartel? I mean, they're not wearing a shirt that says I'm cartel. He, you know, maybe they have a backpack, maybe they don't. And he's like, oh, I'll be able to tell, you know, I was in Iraq, you know, the terrorists didn't wear name tags or uniforms, but we were able to tell always. No, 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 you actually weren't. I mean, that's why we've had so many civilians killed in Iraq and Afghanistan. I mean, don't pretend for a second, like we're just totally great with only taking out the bad guys, which brings me back to my original point. The war on terror that Ron DeSantis is talking about, where we totally could tell who was a terrorist and who was not. It was a war on a concept, but it was also never officially a, you know, congressionally authorized declaration of war. But because of the AUMF, We allowed the federal government to use the military to go out there and take out this concept. 
where anyone you didn't like, you just slap that label on them and then you kill them. And you're like, well, they, I mean, there was a terrorist, right? Oh yeah. We killed some civilians there, but we, we thought they were terrorists. And that is exactly what Republicans are now pledging to do along our Southern border. Oh, we're just going to kill cause they're all cartel, right? Oh, that five-year-old child that's coming across with his little, you know, uh, 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 Paul patrol backpack. Well, clearly, you know, they're using the kids as the mules. They stuff the drugs in there. The kids don't even know. So we got to pop one in their forehead, right? That's what this is about. They just straight up want to kill people and they want to kill people to send a message that if you try to come into the United States, this is what's going to happen to you. It's not about the cartel. It's about getting that authorization to slap the label on anyone they want so they can legally kill them. That's what this is about. Now, her resolution is not going to pass, but if they regain power in Washington, D.C., you can bet that it eventually will. Donald Trump has been trying to make a big statement over the last couple weeks about how, yes, even though he's old, he is not mentally incompetent. Unlike, as he's pointed out, the people like Biden or the people like McConnell or Feinstein or Pelosi. They're old and incompetent, Trump tells us, but he is just old. He's spry and he knows other people in their 90s who are still, as he said recently, sharp as a tack. And the reason, of course, that Donald Trump is trying to come out there and separate himself from the other old people we have running for office is because a recent poll showed that the age of people like Donald Trump is a very big problem with the voters. They believe Trump is too old. They believe Biden's too old too, and a bigger margin believe Biden's too old. And that's why Trump has been trying to separate it as like, it's not the age issue. It's the mental competency issue. So recently MSNBC host, Mehdi Hassan decided to go ahead and call Donald Trump on his bluff. Like, okay, if you say it's a mental competency issue, let's show the public how mentally incompetent you are. And this is what he said. He goes, if we're going to talk about a presidential candidate's age and mental competency, his trouble, even forming basic sentences, then let's do it. But Biden isn't the guy we're talking about here. And so Mehdi Hassan's show put together this hilarious and sometimes terrifying supercut of just a small selection of all of the mental bungles that Donald Trump has had over the years. So here is a small sampling of that clip. Take a look. The Mueller report, I wish covered the oranges, how it started. In the failing New York Times by an anomalous really an anomalous, gutless coward. They sacrifice every day for the furniture and future of their children. Tim Apple. Mike Pounds. I know words. I have the best words. Yosemites. Yosemites. Nambia. Silent. You have voter ID to buy a loaf of bread. The Democrats... Ooh, there was a mosquito. I don't want mosquitoes around me. I'm a very stable genius. <laughs> the disinfectant, where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection? I tested positively toward negative, right? 
People are flushing toilets 10 times, 15 times, as opposed to once. Sinks, right? Showers. And what goes with a sink and a shower? 10 times, right? 10 times. Wow, not me, of course, not me. I mean, look, you can probably put those clips together of almost anybody in Congress at this point. But I do like what uh, Hassan and his show have done here because it does remind the public of how dangerously incompetent Donald Trump was as the president of the United States. Being unable to, to pronounce certain words, not knowing, and this is the more important one, how to behave himself like a human being while meeting with foreign leaders. We saw the clip there with him, with, with Merkel. We saw him with, with Queen Elizabeth and he doesn't know what to do. I mean, this is a real problem, but I want to go beyond the mental competency, right? Because to be honest, I don't think either Biden or Trump are just mentally incompetent. Like I don't think either of them are. And that's why we need to go to the next stage. Cause Trump always brags about, I passed that mental acuity test and I challenged my rivals to take the mental acuity test. It's not about mental acuity, right? It's not about being able to draw the hands on a clock or person, man, woman, camera, TV. We need the psychological evaluations. Cause that is where Donald Trump falls way behind the rest of the pack. And how do we know that? Well, we know that because we had an unprecedented number of mental health professionals, dozens and dozens and dozens of them warning us throughout the entirety of the Trump administration that this man, psychologically speaking, is not fit to be president of the United States. It wasn't an attack on how sharp he was. It wasn't an attack on his mental competency. It was an attack on his psychological state. And that's the more terrifying part. Okay. Because these mental health professionals, and they put out a wonderful book, the dangerous case of Donald J. Trump. They told us that it's his clinical narcissism and these other diagnosable mental issues that Trump has. Those are the reasons why his mental competency should be brought into question. Those are the reasons why we should be scared of this guy being president of the United States. It's not because he forgets where he is at times. It's because of the reasons why he does certain things. That's getting into the psychology of it. Now, of course, these individuals were unfortunately not able to psychoanalyze Donald Trump with him, you know, on the couch. They didn't get to look at any CT scans of what was happening inside of his brain, but they know what they see on television. They see the clips like the one that Mehdi Hassan and his show put together right there. And they're able to form these, you know, rudimentary, very basic analyses, I guess we'll call them because they're not diagnoses, but they're analyses. And that's what happened here. But even if we just bring it back to the mental competency, yeah, 
We could show clips like that all day of Donald Trump fumbling his words, going off and ranting and raving and not being able to complete a sentence without going down eight different rabbit holes. I do believe to a degree there's some mental decline there. And, you know, maybe it's unpopular. Maybe y'all don't want me to say this, but I do believe there's a little bit of decline with Biden as well. And mostly it's just a slowing down with Biden. I'm not saying that there's, you know, any kind of actual illness or, or condition that's doing it. I think it's just age. I think he's just slower. He talks a little bit slower than he used to. So there's decline in the sense that, you know, he's not out there giving a speech like I'm talking to you right now with energy and all this. He, he's slowing down because he's old and he's tired. I mean, the body gets tired. The brain gets tired. That doesn't mean he's not able to do the job. Trump, on the other hand, just in terms of mental competency, you know, psychology aside, which again, that's the bigger problem, but on the mental competency part, you know, he's screwing up because he genuinely doesn't know things. So I don't even know if that's more of a competency issue or more of a, Hey, you're just very stupid issue. But either way, Trump's the one who brought all of this back into the forefront for the American public. You know, you could have just ignored the poll about your age. You could have tried to go out there and convince people that, Hey, you say I'm old, look what I can do. And you know, do a backflip on a trampoline or something. We'd all love to see it. I totally think you should 100% do that by the way. <laughs> but that's how you overcome that. But you're the one who shifted it from talking about age to talking about mental competency. And unfortunately for you, Donald, that is an argument that you are never going to win. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced.